Hi fam, and welcome to a Sober Girls podcast. I'm your host, Sherry, and I have been sober for 11 years, and through that time have been through my own ups and downs, not only with staying sober, but also learning to live life on life's terms. If you are listening to this, then you have previously or are currently struggling and are ready to take certain steps to get better. Alcoholism has affected each of us differently, but we all have the same stories, what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. You are ready to make a change in your life, and we are glad to have you here. This community is one of strength, commonality, and inclusion. The only way we stay sober is to help the suffering alcoholic and addict, and I am ready to take you on that journey with me. So let's get started. What's up, fam? Happy Wednesday. I hope that you had a uh, good weekend. My weekend was not not as enjoyable as I think it could have been, quite clearly. I don't know if any of you follow me on Instagram at SoberGirlsPod, but I made a post on there. It's also on Facebook, if you want to follow there. But I made a post this weekend because I... I want to say that I relapsed because all the emotions that I felt went into my night on Saturday. But I did not relapse because I did all the things that I was supposed to by following the things that were laid out for me in the program. So let me rewind for you a little bit. There has been for me, a lot of growth and change. There's been growth and change in how I've dealt with past trauma. There has been growth and change in me from how I've dealt with acceptance of myself and who I am. There's been growth and change in how I view myself as a wife, a mother, a daughter, a friend, And these are all things that over the past, not only 12 years, I have progress in, but also in the past, I don't know, six months since I've been doing this podcast, I thought I had progress in them as well. The problem with growth is that there's growing pains and... The problem with growing pains is we don't necessarily know how to deal with them. And this past weekend, actually not even this past weekend to be completely honest, it was prior to that, I have been working on, in my marriage, communication. Communication is very important. It doesn't matter for what relationship. It doesn't matter for what position in your life. It is extremely important to have good communication. And it's not just the communication that's important, you guys. It's the style of communication. It's the way that we communicate. And as much as I'd love to say that my spouse and I communicate the same way, it's very evident that we don't. And it has been really a point of contention in our relationship. And every time we think we've got it, every time we think we have it figured out, something else pops up. And that something else is usually 
a miscommunication, a misunderstanding, something that we thought we heard, but we really didn't hear. And so this weekend, we had an issue with um, something that I, I had done that we previously had talked about, and it hurt him. I felt bad about the hurt, but it wasn't the hurt that was eating me. Lately, I have felt, in so many ways, like a failure. <sighs> I let down so many people lately in trying to find myself, in trying to better myself, in trying to figure out who I am. And it's not a matter of, oh, if they're your real friends, they'll stick by you. That has nothing to do with it. But it's getting pretty lonely because somehow in this growth and in finding myself, I manage to hurt some of the most amazing people in my life. My friend Allie, my friend Kayla, my friend Michael, that's his name that he goes by, my spouse. There are some people that I really have hurt. And they say the best apology is change behavior. So I'm changing my behavior. I'm changing things I'm doing. I'm working really hard. Really, really hard. But this past weekend was a reminder that no matter how far you are in the program, no matter how long you have been sober, that if you are not working the steps, if you are not constantly taking personal inventory, if you are not in touch with your sponsor, there is a huge detriment to what your sobriety will look like. So what did going into relapse look like for me? It looked like a couple having an argument and the same sentiment was brought up in the argument that was brought up almost a month ago. There had been progress since the argument, but due to the nature of what was brought up on Saturday, there was still a lot of pain from a month ago. And the pain of the past six months really weighed heavy on me. And we sat in silence the entire ride home. And I started to really overthink about everything that I have been, become, and done in the past six to nine months. When I say I feel like a failure, I know that's probably not true, right? But at that moment in time, the only thing that I'd gone through my mind and was going through my mind is what a failure I was. I was a failure at communication. I was a failure at being a good wife. I am a failure at being a good friend. I am constantly a disappointment no matter how hard I try. And that mindset took all of 30 seconds for me to be in so much pain. I finally, finally, for the first time in 12 years, wanted to numb the pain. I wanted to forget who I was. I wanted to start over. I wanted a fresh start. I wanted a clean slate. I absolutely needed everything to be done and over with. And that might sound like a lot, but I'm telling you, you guys, 
Once you start down that road, there's no way of stopping it. The tapes played over and over, and it wasn't that I wanted to drink. It wasn't that I wanted to commit suicide. It wasn't that I needed those pills. What I needed was the pain to end. What I needed was to quit being a complete fucking failure and fuck up. And I just don't know that that will ever go away. I get that there is always going to be mistakes, right? And I know that we are striving for progress over perfection. But as we continued driving, the more silent I got, the more the tears started to come. And I started thinking, I really want this to be done. I really want this to be over. I can't handle this anymore. I suck. I'm miserable. I'm a piece of shit. And I don't know what to do with it. And so I called my sponsor. I sent her a text message actually and said, are you free? Because I wasn't sure exactly how I was feeling at the time. I knew that I was upset. I knew that I was angry. At the time that I texted her, I really wasn't even worried about drinking, numbing, using, anything like that. I was actually just thinking about, shit, this is going to be a big fight. What do I do? How do I handle it? And I needed her to kind of, I don't know, walk me through it or help me or kind of help me determine what the best course of action was here. And I was not expecting by the time I sent her a text and said, hey, are you free? The next person I called was my friend Rita because I was getting antsy. And when Rita didn't pick up, my next thing was, I have to call Carol. That's my sponsor. And I had to keep calling until I got a hold of someone. This is why it's important to get numbers, you guys, because your sponsor might not always be available. And the next person I had in mind, I was going to give a call if Carol didn't answer. Because at this point, now I am quite sure that I am so insanely unstable that I needed someone's help. Or I was going to use. I don't know if I was going to use or just find a way to numb the pain, but something was going to happen one way or another. So, Carol call answered, and normally when I call her, I'm just stressed out, right? I'm just like la-di-da with my life, and I'm stressed out, and I just need you to hear me. But by the time she answered, I was sobbing. Uncontrollable sobs. I want to drink. I need to drink. I need this pain to stop. I want to stop. I'm in so much pain, and... At that time, she was like, okay, this is, this is like really happening right now. And she's like, okay, what is going on? So I told her about the argument that we had and exactly everything that had happened, what had gone on. I didn't hide anything. I didn't back down from anything because the worst thing you can do is when you are talking to your sponsor about what's going on is lie to them. Um, and as I learned from my incident in August with my three girlfriends, when your sponsor tells you to do something and you don't listen and something else happens, then <laughs> that's on you, man, because you didn't listen. 
And so when I don't listen, when I don't do the things that I'm supposed to, she's not telling me because she's, like, my boss. She's not telling me because she thinks she knows everything. She's telling me what to do because she knows that I'm going to drink. And so her main goal is to keep me sober. So we are always working towards the solution, okay? We are always working towards the solution, That is absolutely the number one thing that AA is for, working in the solution. And so the solution for her is, this is what you need to do. You need to make your amends. This is how you're going to fix the problem, this current problem. And then we are going to go from there. Because, see, the problem isn't just what I had done on Saturday. The problem was the behavior or the issues that had been going since August on both of our ends. Lots of mistrust, lots of lack of communication, lots of frustration and misunderstanding. So she only cared about right now, this minute, this incident, this issue. Because all that mattered at that point was that I stay that I stay sober. Okay. So I'm on the phone with my sponsor. I'm heaving. I'm just snot rolling down my face. I can't get my life together and snap. Mental break. I am telling you when I say I had a mental break that I wasn't rocking back and forth or I wasn't bouncing off padded room walls. But my mental break was a disassociation with everything. I had so much anxiety and so much fear. And I still do. I am not walking around on eggshells in my house. But I am certainly not where I was even a week ago, three days ago. Just complete disassociation. Complete and utter detachment from where I was on the ground, in my head, everything around me just went quiet. And it was that numbing that I was waiting for. I wanted so badly to not be in my body, to not be a part of what was going on at the time, that my brain knew well enough to shut down. It saw that I couldn't handle what was going on. It saw that I couldn't function. And it shut me down. I walked around like a ghost for probably a half hour, 40 minutes. This happened in front of my son. He has never seen me have a mental break before. He has never experienced me feigning or dramatizing or victimizing myself. He has never seen that before. So here I am completely unhinged, but for me, luckily unhinged is just a quiet disassociation. And he has to watch me basically come back around. That's embarrassing. But you know what else it is? It was awesome because my son stepped in. 
stepped in and stepped up, stepped in between myself and my spouse, stepped up to make sure that I was okay, and made sure that before we went to his showcase last night for dance, that this family, even if we weren't, we were going to appear together. I have done such a good job raising my son to be aware, to be self-aware, self-conscious, outward-looking, that as soon as he saw trauma, as soon as he saw angst, he went right into protective mode. I didn't teach him that. I taught him that, but I didn't teach him that. That's how amazing my son is. So... We made it through the evening. I made it through without drinking. I made it through without wanting to be numb anymore. I made it through without being completely unhinged. I absolutely, somehow, one way or another, managed to stay sober last night. And it wasn't easy, you guys. It was so not easy. And... I absolutely am exhausted today. I am unsure of my feelings, my emotions. I am scared of myself. I am thankful, however, for my program. I am thankful for everything that has been shown, taught, and given to me. This disease is absolutely a murderer. And I'm telling you, if I did not have the right support system, if I don't have those meetings, if I don't have that sponsor, if I don't have that community, you guys, first of all, I don't know if I'd still be sober almost 12 years later. Secondly, I certainly wouldn't have been sober last night. Because when you want to numb that pain, when you want to escape, when you want to disappear, when you want to disassociate, You will do anything and everything to make sure that you're able to get that done. It's not about the drink. It's not about the pill. It's not about the grass. It's about the escape from the pain. I know I have a lot of work to do on myself. I know that I also deserve people in my life that are going to treat me with respect, treat me like the person that I want to be treated like, and it's okay for me to have boundaries, and it's okay for me to have standards. I cannot, however, expect everyone else to act like I would, treat me like I would, respond to situations like I would, and that is something that I really need to work on. Because having an expectation is one thing that can make me, make us, make you, make me, make us fall apart faster than you can snap your fingers. I can safely say that for the past six months while I have been battling myself, I have no longer expectations of other people because that was exhausting. People you think that are going to treat you the way you treat them or treat you the way you treat yourself or should be treated and they don't because they're selfish, self-centered and seeking inward. 
are not people that you want in your life. So no more expectations for people because expectations for people just lead to resentments on my end. That being said, I do know that one of the more important things for me to realize outside of just knowing what I deserve in my life, the people I deserve in my life, and the way I deserve to be treated is that the most important part of that is communication. To not communicate means that you are withholding. To not ensure that someone understands how you feel means that you are not committed to that friendship, that relationship, that marriage, that job. So for all intents and purposes, I deserve friends in my life that treat me like a human, a human that makes mistakes. I am lost. I'm losing myself. And I am working so damn hard to be myself and find myself. I am going to make mistakes, you guys. I am going to absolutely, positively fuck things up. I need to continue to work on my communication. I need to continue to work on being honest. Withholding thoughts, feelings, and concerns is a lack of communication. And by doing that, I not only hurt myself, I hurt others. And I also know that doing things like that are not healthy. I've created a pattern for myself where I communicate only a certain amount because I'm afraid of the reaction. Because in my life, I've had so much trauma that I am scared to death of people and how they will react. That's how I fucked things up with Allie. That's how I fucked things up with Michael. That's how I'm fucking things up in my marriage. I absolutely, positively am so scared of losing friends and people. I am so scared of being a disappointment and a failure that I subconsciously allow myself to self-sabotage anything good in my life because I don't want to hurt people and I don't want to be hurt. I have made huge, huge strides in speaking out. I have made huge, huge strides in making amends. I have made huge strides in learning how others communicate. But what I seem to forget is that with all the communication in the world, with all the understanding in the world, people are just different inherently. And just because someone doesn't understand how you're communicating doesn't make you a failure. The failure comes when both of you stop communicating because you don't know how to communicate. The failure comes when you allow yourself to be walked all over because you're scared to hurt someone else. Scared to hurt someone's feelings. Scared to be rejected. Scared to not be thought of as a good person. That can go a long fucking way. A long way. And I'm tired. I told my sponsor that last night. I'm fucking tired. I'm fucking tired of being a failure. I'm fired. I'm tired of 
being a disappointment. I am so insanely tired of letting people down in my life. So what do I have to do? So what do I have to do? It's not that I am a disappointment or I am a failure. What's happening is I'm regressing back into such a people-pleasing mode that I'm slowly forgetting who I am. Everything I was afraid of happening to me is happening all over again. I put on this mask. I put on this face. I put on this happy image because I don't want you guys to know that I slept with a 60-year-old married man. I don't want you guys to know that I slept with random guys while my husband, ex-husband was deployed. I don't want you to see me as the girl who befriended people just to get back at other people. I don't want you to see me as the girl who follows people on Twitter and love bombs people just to be accepted. I don't want you guys to see that shit because it's embarrassing. But what's more embarrassing is protecting the people who continue to treat me like shit or treat me like an option and I allow myself to feel bad for that. I allow people to dictate what to do with myself, with my words, with my body, with my mind, and I'm done because none of them are worth a relapse. None of them. I miss people and I love people. I miss things about my old life. I miss friends in my old life. But you know what I don't miss? is constantly feeling like a fucking failure. That's not fair. That's not fair to me. I have no issue with communication. I have no issue with compromise. I have no issue with airing out everything we need to air out to get shit out on the table. But this fake, happy-go-lucky bullshit is not for me. It's not. I've continued to be honest with you guys. I will continue to be honest with you guys because it's saving my life. You guys are saving my life. I cannot explain to you what it's like to sit here, talk into this microphone, and imagine all of your faces when you hear these things. I don't really care. Like, judge me or don't or love me or don't. But the point is, is that everything that I tell you that I'm going through is directly linked to my sobriety. You think that it's not directly linked to your sobriety, that you can just brush shit off and move on, but you can't. You can't fucking sweep it under the rug. You can't ignore people. You can't ignore problems. You can't pretend. You can't hide shit. You have to confront shit head on. Because if you don't do it, Saturday night, March 12th is exactly where you're going to be. You are going to be sitting there wondering why you're not good enough, why you suck, why you're a disappointment, and what's the fucking point. The point is, is that you are worth it. The point is that if other people want to be oblivious and fake, let them. The point is that if someone can't respect you or your body or your brain, let them go. Fight for the things worth fighting for and let all the shit go. I am telling you, I never in a million years thought that year fucking 12 of my sobriety going into year 12 would be the hardest. A year ago, 
I thought I had it all. I do. I have it all. I had the perfect life. No, I didn't. I had the perfect life on Twitter. I had the perfect life on Instagram. I had the perfect life with fake friends. I had the perfect life with sweeping shit under the rug with my husband. I had the perfect life with not actually doing the shit in my program that I was supposed to be doing. And look what happened. And every week I come here and I tell you guys, this is how to stay sober. This is what you need to do. This is the things you need to work on in your program. And I am telling you that because last night, all those things came true. All the things that I didn't do and all the things that I did do kept me from relapsing last night. Emotionally, I am beyond fucked up. I don't know how I feel right now. I'm angry. I'm really angry. I'm angry that I wasted time on some of the most petty fucking people in my life. I am angry that I let some of these really good friends go trying to impress other people. I'm angry that the man that I slept with continues to look like a good person and because I'm so afraid of looking like a piece of shit side piece, I keep my mouth shut. I'm tired of feeling like I am not a good wife and a good mother. I am tired of feeling like nothing I ever do will be good enough and I'm tired of needing validation from other people. Because the only people that I need validation from is my higher power and myself. That is it. I was tired last night. I was extremely tired. I was exhausted. And I'm done being exhausted. I'm done pretending. I'm done busting my ass for anything other than things that I love and I'm passionate about and care about. I'm done being taken advantage of. I'm done. I am 41 years old. This is exhausting. (laughs) Emotional sobriety is exhausting, but it's perfect. Because without it, without knowing who we are, without knowing our limitations, without knowing our self-worth, life's a slippery slope. A slope I don't want to go back down. I have one more drunk in me. I certainly don't have another recovery. I really don't have another recovery in me. And when I tell you that last night broke me, it broke me. It broke me because I allowed people to walk all over me because I was so afraid to hurt them. I allow people to dictate things I do in my life because I don't want to rock the boat. I hold people's secrets. I hold people's hearts. I hold their hands. And I'm just waiting. I was waiting, waiting for someone to do that for me. Expectations, people. Expectations lead to resentments. They do. Expectations lead to resentments. And so I officially am at the point where I need to take some time to heal. I need to take some time for self-reflection. I definitely think I'll be doing a fourth step again. And I definitely think that I am going to continue to stay strong. I know it's going to take a lot. I know that therapy is going to probably be a joy for me for the next six months. But I'm tired of feeling worthless. I'm tired of feeling not good enough. 
I am tired of feeling like nothing I ever do will be good enough for some people. And for the people who have always treated me like I'm good enough. For the people who have loved me in my darkest places. For the people who have carried me. For the people who have constantly treated me the way I know I should treat myself. Thank you. And I'm sorry. I did let you down. But no more. No more letting people down. No more letting myself down. No more. I think that there comes a time in everyone's life where they just get tired. And you'll get there. If you're not already, you'll get there. You'll finally decide to take off the rose-colored glasses and see how things truly are not. (laughs) You'll get there. And when you do remember to take it easy on yourself, remember to call people, remember to reach out. Remember to love yourself through it. And if you don't feel like you can love yourself through it, contact one of us who can. And we will be there for you. Don't forget to take space for yourself. Don't forget to write a gratitude list. Don't forget to write a gratitude list about people that you care about. Just be thankful. Thankful, hold space, do something nice for yourself because you deserve it. Quit walking on eggshells. Quit being around people just because you need the validation. Go find those people who are real. Go find those people who love you for who you are no matter what you've done. Go be there for the people that when you hold their heart, they hold your hand. Life's too short, you guys. Life's way too short. I love you all. I'll be back next week. I was going to be back this week anyway. Because Jake always tells me to record when I'm feeling things in my heart. I'm feeling a lot in my heart right now. So. But that's what near relapse looks like. I'm glad I didn't. Glad I didn't. But at least I know now that while I'm inside in a meeting, I do know that my disease is out in the parking lot doing push-ups. And I am thankful for all of you. And um, attitude of gratitude this week is I'm sober. Attitude of gratitude is baseball is back. Last week I wasn't so sure. (laughs) I don't think I've been sure for a long time, to be honest. But I'm very excited for baseball to be back and I'm very excited to be sober and I'm very thankful for my sponsor so make sure you go out love someone pay it forward give someone a hug pay someone a compliment get outside yourself shake someone's hand unless you're a germaphobe then don't but until next time fam be well Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of A Sober Girls Podcast. I hope that today's episode was something that you needed to hear today and can carry with you throughout the week until we get together next week. I really look forward to our time together and sharing my experience, strength, and hope so that you feel less alone and more empowered to keep taking it one day at a time. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter and on Instagram at A Sober Girls Pod and on our website at asobergirlspodcast.podbean.com. 
There you can find episode-specific content and contact information. You can also hear us on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes, and Spotify. Until next time, fam, be well.